It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. And we, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 Welcome back to a special edition of Miked Up on OM Radio. This is your daily COVID-19 news update for Lowcountry listeners. I'm your host, Mika Gadsden. Today's date, Wednesday, April 1st. Time of this recording, 6.30 a.m. And I want to know, did you all get like this crazy alert on your phone like yesterday evening? State emergency management leaders sent out a text alert to advise South Carolinians of the governor's order tonight. As a result, many immediately went to the state emergency management website for information, causing the web page to crash. And some people on social media were critical of that crash, saying state emergency management... Shout out to WLTX out of Columbia, the CBS affiliate there, um, for that bit of coverage. It seems as if every day we're presented with more information that just heightens the sense of urgency we're all living under. Uh, currently, um, as of this morning, as of the time of this recording, um, we're currently sitting at 1,083 total positive cases as reported by DHEC, uh, our state Department of Health, uh, and 22 deaths all attributed to COVID-19. So that number, as we topped 1,000 positive test cases, that number has definitely sent our lawmakers into, um, you know, urgent action. And they've already been in that mode, to be quite honest. But um, I believe uh, Governor McMaster's up to 11 executive orders since this outbreak reached the state. Um, He really has stepped up the executive orders and what it's doing is forcing other municipalities to, to go even further and to take even more aggressive action Here's a little bit from Mayor Tecklenburg. He held a press conference yesterday afternoon. Here's what he had to say. Coronavirus pandemic. Now there's over 1,000 active cases in the state of South Carolina. And that number has doubled since late last week. The deaths in the United States of America, now over 3,500 has tripled since Friday, tripled the number of deaths just in three, four days' time. Charleston County now reports 142 cases. So um, I, I just can't emphasize enough the continued importance of everyone staying at home unless you need to go out for an essential service, the stay distance when you do go out, and to stay smart, stay well. So we have to stick with it, y'all. And and I wanna commend uh, some of the neighboring cities who are all stepping up and adding uh, further measures in order to uh, keep people safe. And uh, the city of uh, North Charleston has come up with some, some, some good recommendations for retail stores Chief Courier is going to uh, uh, share with you. We're going to adopt those same guidelines in the city of Charleston. Uh, the town of Mount Pleasant has uh, taken further action, and I understand uh, by reports that Governor McMaster, in addition to his executive order yesterday regarding beaches and boat landings and all, will we'll come forward with even further measures uh, this afternoon. So. So why is this important? It really makes a difference. 
So if you look at places around the world who have put in place early on and active measures to uh, create distancing and to keep folks at home uh, if possible. City of San Francisco, for example, is seen way less than what they expected in terms of... Uh, you just heard Mayor Tecklenburg rattle off the number 142. That's right. As it currently stands this morning, we're sitting at here in Charleston, sitting at 142 confirmed cases of the coronavirus here. And um, it's, it's alarming. That number just continues to go up. I'm back on the DHEC website and um, it looks like Richland County, uh, Charleston, Greenville County, Buford, they're all topping this list. Uh, and it's just it's frightening. Um, I guess let me give you an update on what Richland, Richland has 148 confirmed cases, then followed by Charleston's 142. Greenville, Greenville has 106 total test cases and Kershaw, Kershaw County is coming in at 105. Remember, Kershaw was leading the entire state. Um, I also want to encourage you all to please keep an eye on those rural pockets. Even though Charleston is the biggest city, the most um, populated city here in the state, we are surrounded by rural communities. So we need to keep an eye on that because we know that testing is, is an issue throughout the country, but we all know that there is limited testing in rural pockets. And if you didn't check out yesterday's show featuring MK from the Post and Courier, go ahead and check out MK's, uh, check out that interview I did with her and also try to read some of her coverage at the Post and Courier. Um, she details where we have uh, adequate and not so great uh, ICU access or healthcare access throughout the state. She even came up with this dope map, which I forgot to ask her about for the show, but she came up with this awesome map that shows you where the beds are, where the ICU units are, and where the ventilators are, and where they may not be. So if you just, again, head to the Post and Courier for more coverage, you'll get uh, better information on that. So yesterday, um, I started off the show with that alert. We all got this alert. Um, you know, it jolted me. I was, I was, you know, I guess bogged down doing so much work on my computer. I wasn't, the TV wasn't on and I just got this alert on the phone and it was a tornado warning going on. And I was like, wow, this is, and pardon my phrasing, this is like a perfect storm of just like the worst type of circumstances we could face here. And it made me think of something that my colleague, um, Ryan down in Florida, my Black Voters Matter colleague, uh, she mentioned yesterday on, in a text exchange. And I'm going to try to examine this. Uh, we need to start talking more about disaster resiliency, especially for a state like ours in a, in a coastal city like ours. You know, hurricane season is not too far off, right? So with this pandemic, threatening to make that even more complicated, I think we need to have a, a broader discussion about um, disaster resiliency. And so I might invite Ryan to join me for a mic'd up update show so she can give more perspective on that. And again, Ryan lives in Florida. She's dealing with so much down there. So shout out to my girl, Ryan. Um, amazing work as usual. So I'm going to invite you. This is, this is your invitation, Ryan. Join me on mic'd up. Okay, well, this next clip is going to feature Governor Henry McMaster. I, I think this is important. Again, he's been issuing uh, a, a series of executive orders. I think he's up to 11. It's been so many. Um, and that's not a bad thing. That's great. Um, keeping folks 
current on what's going on is important, but he's closing certain businesses and he's closed access to beaches and waterways. He's closed lakes and, and, and non-essential businesses. Take a listen to this most recent press conference held by uh, Governor McMaster yesterday afternoon. This is the, <clears throat> to summarize, these are actions that we've taken since March the 2nd. And as I said before, these have had the anticipated impact, but we know from reports that the virus is, is still spreading, still growing, and we must do everything we can to stop the spread, be as aggressive as we can be, using the facts, the science, and the data, and the knowledge and recommendation of the experts in the field, but at the same time, not going too far and destroying businesses and jobs that people are depending on. So we're working hard, and since March the 2nd, I've had the law enforcement authorized to disperse groups that are endangering public health. We've required self-quarantine of individuals entering South Carolina from high-risk areas. We've closed public access to the beaches, rivers, lakes, and other waterways, and taken other steps as well. This new order begins, is effective on April the 1st, that is tomorrow, and these are the elements of that. These are non-essential, close-contact business and venues that where the, the businesses and the activities are being suspended. Again, this was the bare minimum that we think we can do in closures in order to have the largest impact. And that's the approach that we're taking. So entertainment venues are three categories. Entertainment venues that are temporarily closed effective April the 1st are as follows, nightclubs, bowling alleys, arcades, concert venues, theaters, auditoriums, and performing arts centers, and tourist Those are the most recent measures taken by Governor McMaster. I want to uh, underscore something he mentioned about the restricted uh, waterways and boat access. So again, on the front page of the Post and Courier today, April 1st, we have a headline that reads, No boating, no fishing. Closed waterways bring enforcement challenges, pushback from residents. This article was written by Chloe Johnson. I'm going to scroll down a bit and see if I can just read a couple of the first couple of paragraphs. It reads, South Carolina beach towns awoke Tuesday under orders to close their beach paths, while kayakers and fishermen were denied access to boat ramps as the reality of outdoor life under new coronavirus rules took hold. A state order to close public access points to the water, including the beach, left many communities struggling to figure out enforcement. And fans of recreation were equally frustrated to lose an outlet for their energy in a stressful time. So, again, that's from Chloe Johnson's piece in the Post and Courier. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's surreal, right? We're living under very different times, and a lot of us are going to be resistant to some of these rules, myself included. Um, but we, we've got to figure this out, and I, I'm confident that we'll all figure this out. Um, I want to pivot now to some other news. The story is from South Carolina Public Radio, and it involves the innovation we've seen on the healthcare scene in South Carolina. Uh, there's a story that posted this morning very early. It's titled, How a Greenville Lab is Testing for COVID and How COVID is Testing the Lab. So listen into this. For South Carolina Public Radio, I'm Scott Morgan. One of the main engines driving the numbers behind the spread of the coronavirus is testing. 
As more testing is done, so the number of cases of COVID-19 grows. By the end of this month, DHEC estimates South Carolina will have seen more than 8,000 diagnoses of the disease. And all those diagnoses come from test samples that need to be analyzed in labs equipped to identify COVID-19 from fluid samples, which is where private industry, and in particular, Premier Medical Laboratory Services, comes into play. We are validated to do the COVID-19 assay under FDA's emergency use authorization conducted under the CDC guidelines that were published for that. Austin Shirley is Premier Medical's Director of Commercial Operations. And what he's talking about is the fact that this Greenville-based lab is the first commercial lab in the state to be validated to test for COVID-19. The lab tests fluid specimens from respiratory tracts. Once it gets one, it goes on to a vortex machine that kind of shakes it up to help separate cells from the swab into the media. And then that media is then taken to a piece of equipment that does the RNA extraction. That extracted RNA is then further analyzed to see if COVID-19 is present. If all of that sounds a bit technical, it is. And it's the point. Through these challenging times, it's reassuring to hear so many different healthcare professionals and academics in healthcare or in the health arena coming up with innovative ways to help us fight this disease. Um, Though these uh, labs and and these uh, systems are already stressed, it is encouraging to hear that we've got some innovative folk here fighting, um, whether it's Prisma Health or the students at MUSC that I read about in the state newspaper on the 26th that are printing um, three using 3D print technology to create masks that can be used um, to help keep folks safe. You know, hearing these stories are amazing. Um, I'm going to also encourage you to do a little research on the rapid testing uh, technology that that news was national news. I believe like I read this at timemagazine.com. Um, Abbott Laboratories came up with a rapid test. They're not based in South Carolina, but um, again, like I think that innovation encourages other innovation and, and to see all of this, these tools emerge to help us fight COVID-19. It makes me more hopeful for the spring that we can salvage, um, you know, our future seasons this year and, and get back to some sort, so some semblance of normalcy, right? Like that's that's what we're fighting for. I I want to end today's podcast uh, with uh, with an exercise, I guess, um, an exercise that's going to include an interview from a very special guest, uh, my pops. So um, I sat down with my dad early this morning because yes, he is eighty, and yes, he's still working, y'all, and that's a whole other story, right? But you know, he is an essential employee, essentially. <laughs> he works at a local grocery store and he gets up every morning. It's just part of who he is. It's part of his DNA. Um, he was featured recently on the cover of the Washington Post um, during the primary. Um, you know, photographers and reporters came down to Wadmala to sit with my pops and, and to talk about his his views. And, and what emerged from that story was just um, I got to understand my pops a little bit more and his hard work ethic. And I know that he is just one of many. Um, we live in a rural community. And so it's not unlikely for me to meet folks like my pops who wake up every morning and as if they're, you know, as if they're like in their 20s or, you know, just getting up early to go to a hard labor intensive job. He ha- happens to work in retail. And so I sat down with him because I want us to um, hear from folks retail workers, not just, you know, we, we, we definitely want to um, applaud and 
and show uh, support for our healthcare professionals. But we have a lot of retail workers on the front lines who we sometimes get forget, right? So I wanted you to hear his voice. And I just sat with him and just had a quick conversation really early this morning as he ate his breakfast, which did include a croissant. But anyway, here's my interview with my pops. All right, pop. So it's 5.50 a.m. And what are you doing right now? I'm having my morning breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> you having morning breakfast? Yeah. What are you about to do? I am about to go to work this morning, and usually before work, I usually try to get a breakfast in to make my day more, um, make my, to make my day. Make your day. Get a, get a good start on your day. Yeah, so right now we're all dealing with the COVID-19 outbreak, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little nervous especially with you going out to work. And I know you're performing an essential service because you're working at the supermarket. But I wanted to know how how you feel. Do you feel anxious or nervous? I try not to because when you look too much into it, you could, well, you could just get a little fragile there. But I do know that all that has been said, I need to pay more attention to it because uh, it's, 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 it's essential that, People of my age is very vulnerable, and being that to be coming in contact with so many different kind of people, um, I need to take a little better precaution against what could happen. Yeah, you've always worked really, really hard, and I, I'm a, I'm thinking that part of it is you just you enjoy work, like you enjoy you enjoy. Well, yeah, I mean, you you look like someone that doesn't hesitate to get up in the morning and, and start their day with some, some hard work? No, I, I, I've i been working for all of my life, might as well say, but then again, I um, I have, I, I love working because I, I, I like being active, keep the old body, keep the old body in movement. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, I'm not just working for free. I, I'm i being benefited for, for my labor and my laboring right. is essential for my needs. Right. So you're, like there are your other colleagues, people who work where you work, they have to work too, right? I, I I don't know. Have you seen any changes in like people saying, you know what, I can't work this job right now? Have you seen people quit? Have they? Have you seen people like maybe laid off? No, I've seen some lack of good performances, but <laughs> you always know yeah, but, but 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 everyone who is there feels like um. The job is essential for them, and only a handful of any is talking about waiting for the time so they can retire from the job. But I, we all are there, and we're there because we need to be. And and, and this is in um, Rav, like I'm not gonna say the name of the store, but like Ravenel, that area, what, what area? Ravenel, New Jersey. New Jersey. I mean Ravenel, <laughs> Ravenel, <laughs> Ravenel is up. There. That's all right. Yeah, you just yeah. thinking about what we. You thinking about Pathmark. <laughs> you think about your former life. Yeah. No, okay, Rabbit. So you out. So that's rural South. So a lot of, I guess. Let me ask you this: Are your coworkers are they majority African American, Gullah Geechee? Uh, let's see. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, like maj- the cashiers. The cashiers are pretty much all all African Americans. Mm-hmm. It's a couple of uh, you know white. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are mostly uh, African-American. Right, because you out there by Red Top. So, um, yeah, I, I guess Hollywood. 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 Okay. But I, and I guess, um, I guess people just have to work right now. I think working um, in retail and healthcare are some of the like few remaining essential services. Not those, are not just the only two, but those are like the few remaining essential services. So I guess people are almost fortunate to have a job right now because a lot of other people got got laid off. But I guess. Yeah, I guess people are still happy to work, I guess, for the most part. I know you said people, some people are, are performance issues, yeah. but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're always going to have some of those um, lackadaisical-type workers, but then mm-hmm. for most cases, we, 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 we are there, we are performing, and um, mm-hmm. I'm grateful to be yeah. able to work for the simple fact that um, yeah. some, a lot of people want to work and can't work. Right, and then this is, um, I think what I really wanted to ask you, too, so I know I've spoken to you. I know um, my brothers have spoken to you about protecting yourself. Are you? Do you feel comfortable with like? I know you said you you want to do better with taking more precautions, but tell me like some of the things you are doing to keep yourself safe while you're out there um, at a at a retail establishment. Well, the mask is essential. Uh, I just now uh, start doing the mask, but I've always used the gloves. Not always, but I, I'm doing the gloves as well. So I'm paying more attention to the thing to cover up and stay more distant and not to be um, forcing, uh, I guess, present of myself against those who feel uncomfortable about being within the six so, feet. So social distance. Social distance yeah. is being amplified there. Are they, like, like they saying, hey, you gotta make sure you. I know you mentioned like when you go to another grocery store, you've seen like the X's on the floor. I've started seeing that. I saw Whole Foods had a line outside. I'm assuming they're letting people come in like one at a time. So is your is your store doing something similar? Not with the line, but what they have done is to got away from the little small basket and the totes, so people can distance themselves, especially coming through the um, mm-hmm. the checkout. Yeah. Yeah. So using the the fit the shopping cart as like a, oh, I I didn't I had never paid attention to that. That sounds that sounds like a good idea. Well, I want you to take care of yourself, and I I want you to, um, exercise every precaution you can. You know, um, I don't know. I'm just thinking about that. So, make sure uh, just treat every surface as if. I always say treat every surface as if it's like hot. You know what I mean? Like. And just be very mindful of people you keep in contact with. But um, what would you um? How, but today you feel you feel fine. You yeah. feel yeah. I, I, I feel uh, I feel pretty good. Uh, a little itchy eye somewhere in there because of the pollen. Yeah, the pollen. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> a little 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 froggy up the throat, and I imagine that is also from the pollen. But mm-hmm. uh, otherwise, I feel no uh, aches or pain or. I, I feel pretty good, and I'm just going to tighten up my coverage, my covering up, my yeah. covering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you have a good day at work, okay? Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, thanks. Y'all, um, thanks for listening to that. It's just a, It was just a little informal conversation, an impromptu conversation. I just whipped out one microphone, and I just wanted to ask my dad some thoughts, and I know maybe – 
folks are concerned or might not hear the concern in my voice. But, you know, like many other families, we've we've gone over things and we've come up with solutions and we've done, you know, we, we've made plans. But honestly, my father is representative of a whole bunch of folks who either have to work or just that's that's what they do. Right. Um, but more more than likely, they have to work. There may be an, an underlying economic reason for a lot of folks. And so I just want you to keep that in mind as you go about your day. And um, if you see someone in retail or or someone that's maybe not a healthcare professional um, or in addition to the healthcare professionals that we may encounter, folks who are in front facing jobs or forward facing jobs and or excuse me, public facing jobs. Um, keep them in mind, you know, just keep them in mind and understand that they're out there and they may be putting their health at risk um, to make sure that your stores are clean or that your food is on the shelves and things of that nature. So I just wanted to include that very informal, impromptu interview with my pops. All right. So um, also want to say thank you to all those who have reached out. Thank you, Krista Weld from College of Charleston for reaching out. I'm going to incorporate a lot of the information that I've received via email or text in tomorrow's update show. Um, but until that time, y'all, please stay happy, stay healthy, stay home. Um, we ain't got no choice. The governor said we got to stay home. <laughs> and um, also, y'all, my Gullah Geechee folk, y'all stay black.